Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the somewhat delayed. We had some technical issues last week. Dayton to Detroit, Detroit to Dayton podcast, whichever uh, direction you're coming from is uh, perhaps the direction you'll view this podcast or listen to it from. I am Day Day. I'm here with my longtime friend, Doc, from D- Detroit City, USA. I'm from Dayton, Ohio, USA. We have a common bond of the I-75 and many other cultural um, accoutrement. Would you say, Doc? How you doing? Absolutely. I-75 umbilical. Yes. Um, <laughs> we can say a lot about that. That could be its own episode unto itself. <laughs> Like the uh, the I seventy five corridor all the way from I believe it starts in Miami, Florida, um, all the way through the South, through Appalachia, through the Midwest, all the way to Detroit City, USA, and uh, everybody up here to come work in the auto plants. How are the auto plants in Detroit? Detroit is booming. Uh, Detroit is not like it was 20 years ago. Detroit is full of young white hipsters. Detroit has all kinds of new restaurants and cool places to go. The waterfront is full of people. There's parks down there now where it used to be the grungy industrial zone with cool dive bars. All the old scene is gone, but uh, yeah, uh, people scenes that, come and scenes go. That is the uh, common scenes go. Yeah, yeah. People that don't know about the way Detroit is today ought to visit it because it's it's not the post-industrial apocalyptic wasteland that it was. Yeah, because I think the the first time I visited Detroit, um, geez, it must be twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago. I'd have to go back. Um, we went. And, marching through uh basically like it looked like an abandoned town (laughs) (laughs) or an abandoned city within the city it was the old uh um where they were they were trying to make some kind of casino scene um it just had flopped and you know the thing at the time where people were like hey uh there's some kids are playing uh ice hockey around this dead body uh in this old (laughs) warehouse i think that was like a famous thing that happened back yep. then um which says a lot about the uh maybe uh whew, um the level of detachment detachment from dystopia that uh humanity is able to achieve um in order to just really get in commentary out. yes yeah um so yeah dayton uh well here's a question for you about detroit so uh, this is the second time in two podcasts you've mentioned the the white hipster class is uh, coming back. Is it going to be enough to uh, save the macro? Which um, I have my I have my doubts because this, the same kind of things happening in inner cities uh, across the United States and economic development in completely uh, ravaged places. I am not. Uh, in any ways, like preaching against, you know, the more people we can get, um, you know, making a living uh, in the neighborhood, the better. Uh, but just from like a kind of macro development 
um, city planning, uh, realization that neither one of us are uh, really experts other than our observational skills. There you go. <laughs> Having watched this stuff. Um, do you see that like being like a propeller of sorts? It's spreading. Or, en or enough of a propeller, I guess. There's been a lot of um, complaining and discontent, and rightly so, over the fact that the rebirth of Detroit, you know, started in in Midtown and downtown, and um, Dan Gilbert is a real estate developer, bought up a lot of properties and uh, hired a lot of young kids and got them to move down to Detroit and set them up in houses. And it sparked this rebirth, but it didn't extend immediately to the largely black neighborhoods. And like I said, there was a lot of complaining about that and it was justified, however, over time, over the last 10 years, not that those neighborhoods have been transformed yet, but I think that there is signs that is our cause for optimism and that slowly, um, not just these certain enclaves, but the whole city is on an uptick. You see construction all over the city uh, and not just roads and highways, but uh, buildings. And, you know, one of the problems was too, Detroit always had an excess of housing uh, after the school busing you know, drove out. Um, so many of the whites who fled to the suburbs. And so, so many of the houses were abandoned and then vandalized and occupied by squatters or drug dealers. Copper stripped, yeah, all, uh, all, all things, all, everything of value taken out of them. And the same yeah. thing happens to Dollars. a lot of the commercial property sector as well. Um, yes, that a lot of that's either been torn down now or is being revitalized. Um, they actually, they are trying to extend this to the neighborhoods and not exclude people. But for a while, uh, rents really started to skyrocket. Uh, because there was such an influx of people moving into Detroit. Uh, and, and it's still an issue, but it, it seems hopeful and it seems like things are, you know, working toward a, a better, a better time, not just for the core of Detroit, but for all of it. Yeah, I think a lot of it, though, you know, I mean, someone made a comment like, you know, America, like, yeah, steering the ship of America takes a long time. It's, Turning the super tanker because it's a, because because it's massive, um, <laughs> and I think the, the same thing that you could say like a, a city like Detroit, and Dayton to a, to a smaller extent, um, that the scale of the economic destruction basically um, removing the uh, the entire spine of the middle class as far as like economically. Um, right that takes a long time to repair it's not so it was built you know over decades um through many you know large mega event world events like world wars and 
um, you know, the industrial revolution was really tied in like with many ways with wars. Um, but you know, the scale of repair, if you will, uh, most people don't realize, you know, just like how, how many damn houses that is <laughs> like, yes. uh, you know, years ago, like, you know, it was, there was like, uh, at any one time, I think it was like 10,000 abandoned homes in the city. Like if you like try to like, uh, you know, line 10,000 houses up <laughs> and then walk the neighborhoods of 10,000 houses, like it, or even like fly over it. It's just like, holy moly. This is so many houses. I can't. I can't see as far as the houses are. Um, They're looking at a lot of uh, new land use in Detroit in neighborhoods where, you know, it used to be a neighborhood, but now there's only maybe two or three houses on the block that are even still <laughs> there. And they're offering people, you know, if you live in one of those houses, you can get the lot next door, and you could plant a garden there. They're planting a lot of community gardens. There's um, efforts to do forestry on some of the now vacant land in Detroit. There's a lot of urban farms, urban beekeeping. Mm -hmm. um, you could probably grow mushrooms on on uh, some of the vacant land in Detroit. Yeah, it. Uh, there's the same kind of thing going on down here. Um, it got wiped out. We had a uh, situation at City Hall, kind of like the big kind of hub city garden got pushed out by developers but that whole thing's going on across the country i think covid completely like put it on steroids of everyone like oh shit man this this whole thing better might just uh crumble <laughs> at any time like we've been saying for decades you know this house of cards uh ain't building you know, exactly on solid lumber never has been <laughs> right <laughs> and uh yeah so you're seeing like a whole lot of like getting back to growing your own food uh which includes mushrooms uh chickens or urban chickens i think it's like everyone i had chickens i had a situation where i had a neighbor where we have this like uh very suburbanized zone that's about two or three hundred yards from us um we see them, you know, these developments all over the place. Where they'll just like, "Hey, there's two, there's two cornfields. Sure, would be a great Ryan Holmes development." Um, yeah, there. And there's just all the houses that all look the same, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, they call the, they call they call the cops on our chickens. We had uh, we had some chickens. They called the cops on them, and it was sad um, because we didn't meet whatever suburban residential chicken standards they had at the time and we had to get rid of them but i think everyone should have like four hens they're sure not, they're not noisy at all like the amount of free protein you get is fantastic uh they eat like the amount of bugs they eat in your yard like getting rid of yeah. mosquitoes larvae ticks like that's all they do they just feed on that shit all day just like constantly mm -hmm. eating bugs and like if you don't like bugs yeah, you know, you got a deck. You might have to, uh, you know, get the old hose out and uh, sweep some chicken turd material. But that's really what America's all about, isn't it? A woman I work with has ducks. Yeah, duck eggs. Ducks are cool. I'm Gross afraid. I, I've got. I've got. Literally, I have uh, 
um, bald eagles in the backyard. Oh wow! Yeah, because I'm I'm down I'm, I'm close to a nature reserve. Nice on, on a river, and so they're like they basically just you know scope the river for food constantly because it's they there's fish a lot, a lot don't they? they do fish a lot yeah so the bald eagles uh, all the blue heron you know we talked about being positive you know there's lots of stuff in the world to get uh negative about and there's plenty of space for that <laughs> in uh listenerdom or you know um but you know over the last 20 30 years the the, the blue heron have returned to all the rivers um, I have uh, in Ohio, bullfrogs which is a great sign. What's that? I have bullfrogs and minnows in, in the pond in my backyard, and okay. the herons are attracted to that pond and may have uh, may have uh, eaten some of the bullfrogs and minnows this summer. Yeah. But it also could have been raccoons. Uh, there's there's a lot of wildlife in my you know quarter acre suburban backyard there's deer coming through here all the time possum mm -hmm. well that's just the way that is the way of the world until we kind of made it the other way of the world like, mm -hmm. you know, cut, we cut all that stuff off it's it's always like since you know and plus since we've uh taken so much of their their habitat they ain't got no other choice to come live with our you know live around our ugly asses and try to scarf our garbage <laughs> you know the bullfrogs and the minnows have done well this summer the uh there's hawks i don't see uh bald eagles but i do see hawks um a lot of hawks i've seen a lot of uh turkey vultures which i think are really vultures are super cool birds neighborhood. yes you know everyone's we don't give enough credit you one up close when he, he finds a rabbit mm-hmm we have a lot of turkey just uh wild turkey around here too there are wild turkey around here um I do see them from time to time it's it's nice to still be able to have a connection with nature and you know that that nature you know if eventually mankind gets as stupid as uh, we may think he could get that that nature uh in some way shape or form is going to take over everything uh whether that means that like the earth heats up and like only the organisms that can survive to like you know 200 degrees live and then it finally cools down because uh whatever happens the the blob of life created from that sucks all the carbon out and like you know uh, a million gazillion years later We've got uh, <laughs> some kind of new ogre walking the earth <laughs> of some sort. Like the life will always win. Um, and yeah, so that's a, another thing. It kind of keeps me positive. It's like uh, no matter how much bad we can do, like nature's going, going to win in the end. Then that's pretty cool because nature's a lot cooler than... Uh, <laughs> you know endless parking lots of uh, applebee's and o'charlie's patrons oh boy i was just telling kathy <laughs> this morning we were talking uh she's a master gardener and we she was watching something on tv about a a new form of cement that is uh, water um it allows water i was going to say water permeable uh if that's the right term it'll allow water to uh, drain through it 
And uh, I said, you know, years ago, uh, this thought struck me that, you know, here are these little humans dredging up slag from out of the depths of the earth and spreading it over the surface, you know, so that nothing green can grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, the idea that... Uh, and ruin their joints. <laughs> ruin their joints. <laughs> yeah, from all that shit. <laughs> that, that, like walking on grass and dirt is a lot easier on us. Yes. We were not intended to walk on concrete. No. But we do all the damn time. So get some good... So maybe we should get sponsored by an insole company. Yes, some good walking shoes of some sort. You know, because we're both older gentlemen. We're not like... uh, (laughs) You know, we're not dying Feinstein age by any means. <laughs> or an Nancy our, Pelosi uh, age. Our but, knee, our ankles, our lower backs—they've taken a taken a hit. But yeah, we're not quite as decrepit as we're going to be. Although investments in shoe wear, shoe wear are getting more important. Absolutely, My, and I I got me some new shoes on the way. I'm really excited about. All right. Yeah, yeah, I uh, found some shoes that help with the plantar fasciitis, and I've also now found some exercises. Okay, uh, I've been, I took up the uh, study of of the ancient Japanese martial art of Iaito, and uh, when my buddy told me he was going to start teaching Iaito, I had absolutely no idea what he meant, but I said, "Oh yeah, that sounds cool. You know, maybe I'd like to do that." Then when I found out it's samurai sword, samurai quick draw, I was instantly thrilled. It was like I would have liked to have been doing this my whole life if I only knew where I could have. So in the Japanese sword arts, kendo uh, is very linear and you, you move uh, back and forth and you basically whap each other on the top of the helmet in turn uh, with a bamboo sword while announcing where you're about to whap your opponent. So it's men, 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 because men is the name of the helmet. And then uh, you never draw the sword. It's always out in front of you. And it's very linear and very structured. And that's Kendo. Iaido. The sword begins in the scabbard and ends in the scabbard. And in the meantime, uh, the typical scenario is you are being attacked by someone who means great bodily harm to you and you've got to defend yourself. So you draw and block or evade and then counter. And uh, the the fights are uh, extremely brief. There's no long drawn out sword fighting like in some kind of swashbuckling pirate movie Mm -hmm. uh typically these battles ended very quickly with one or the other person you know in multiple pieces it's a great art it's uh, hundreds of years old and uh it's keeping it alive because it's barely practiced today and it's really great for uh getting some motion some movement some stretching and um, you don't have to worry about getting your head like completely lopped off by uh, an opponent, do you? 
You know, the really high ranking guys sometimes do two person uh, kumitach, which is a, a two little two person kind of sequenced uh, exercise. And uh, I, they do it with sharp live blades. Uh, the Japanese term being shinken or real sword. And they do it and, you know, they will swing for each other's necks and hold up before they contact. Uh, me, uh, you know, they started me off with a stick and I've graduated to an Iaito, which is a blunt sword. It looks like a sword. It's shaped and weighted like a sword. Uh, frequently and it can be made of steel but they're frequently made of alloy and they do have a sharp point on them and you could stick yourself or someone else but they do not have a sharp edge so uh, most of my training is with an Iaito uh, but I have a Shinken and we practice cutting rolled up Japanese floor mats um, and uh you know, that's enough to cut until the zombie apocalypse when I'll be ready. Yeah, that's fucking fascinating, dude. I've just been uh, doing the traditional uh, redneck training recently with uh, shotguns in a cornfield uh, next to a cornfield in Preble County, Ohio, south, next to the Indiana border, which I sounds guess is like a pretty, pretty fucking good place to be when the zombie apocalypse comes. That sounds like a lot of fun. Shotgun <laughs> uh, next to a cornfield. Hell yeah. Except, except that as bad as Ohio is, I still never want to travel across to Indiana border. Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking sucks. It's the worst place on earth. <laughs> uh, I was fortunate to be able to kind of fall into this training and, uh, I usually train Sunday mornings. Uh, mm -hmm. Sensei is uh, not in town this morning, though. He's at a uh, sword seminar in Tucson. Sensei got to travel yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Sensei got to travel. I was unable to go to Tucson this time, but I, I have been to some of these events, and they're really a lot of fun. Uh, it's really amazing to see, you know, 80 people all carrying sharp swords around and um how polite and deferential they are and uh, how careful they are and you know kids down to 12 years old being entrusted with a, a razor sharp sword and nobody gets cut yeah so what's the difference there <laughs> <laughs> uh, between that and like say going to uh I'll say reddit.com slash public freakout <laughs> and watching a, a knife fight break out in some random U.S. city. <laughs> it turns out horrible and uh, uh, often like uh, not uh, not going to plan to say the least. Everybody gets caught in a knife fight. <laughs> you know, I, I've had this thought recently, you know, that um, so you came up to, uh, you know, when you were, how long were you in the U.S. Army for? Oh, about 10 years all total. Yeah. And so, like, I was in, like, the uh, U.S. Army, then National Guard. So, it was, like, fucking eight years. So, I fucking finished mm -hmm. all that shit. 
And I also came up like I'm playing high school. I had this theory. I call it the military industrial high school football complex. Yes. Because <laughs> like in the fucking U.S. Army, you'll meet more guys in the Army that played like, you know, uh, yeah, I played tight end for, you know, the fucking um, Bronkfield, Ohio uh, Jets or I don't know, fill in the blank for, you know, any like middle America, like high school crazy absolutely uh, small town like that's what the army is filled with feeds the army yeah oh completely um but i was thinking like about the forms of american violence versus asian violence and that and i think it's also the probably like the precursor to so much american ptsd of people who have been purveyors of the dark arts or violent arts is that asian violence um while ruthless contains an element of mercy to not make uh whoever is being ruthless become the um monster that their opponent is yeah we lack that in america am i right am i right about that you know in all the you sign up for taekwondo right when you're 12 Mm -hmm. And the first thing they want to teach you is, uh, you know, you're learning this not to be a bully. You know, there is an, an ethical component to it. I'm not sure that in high school JV football, they teach you anything about ethics, right? It's where you're going to destroy your opponent. Sure. And I remember, like, seeing the first videos, I guess it was probably you know, the 90s. Uh, 2000 of like kids just like in different American cities just stomping their head you like like the whole um, the phenomenon of uh, beating someone like well past their like like on the ground and like completely helpless yes um, yeah that's like that goes into you know, veers into the realm of psychopathy um, it seems to be a, a deeply entrenched part of American culture. Yes. And um, that, I, man, <laughs> if there's one thing that's wrong, <laughs> like deeply, deeply wrong, and that causes like so many other wrong things, but it is also, uh, it comes from a, it's derived from a well of wrongness. You know, it's, it's also it seems, good. It's, it's the hurt people hurt people thing, yeah. and like, um, yeah, how we get past that? You know, it's okay to be a tough guy, but it's not cool to be like tell everyone like, hey, if you're not a fucking tough guy, you're a fucking piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> let's go at it right now. Um, yeah, there's like no honor, humility, or anything in that in the kind of our model our cultural model of like man don't we confuse so over the top you know it is so over the top don't we confuse being a tough guy with being a bully you're not bullies aren't tough typically they're cowards right yeah being tough means you know get up and going to work to support your uh, family uh, when you didn't get enough sleep the night before, <laughs> being a good person in the community, like, yes, you know, like I, 
I'm, not, I'm not a jerk to people who help me when I'm, you know, uh, I'm not a constant complainer. <laughs> and, and when I do complain, it's, uh, you know, it's valid and not like it, this idea that like, I'm going to get my way if I only scream at the top of my lungs as loud as I can. The Karens <laughs> of the world. Yeah, the uh, the Karens of the world. We've invented a whole new genre of human being uh, in these past uh, decades or so. Maybe it's nothing new. But, Maybe we um, just recognized the long existing archetype. Yeah. Yeah. But I've really enjoyed uh, shooting skeet recently. Uh, that's, oh, that's a fun sport. Skeet yeah. and trap. Skeet yeah. and trap. I've been uh, headed out to a sportsman's club. Like, tucked within uh you mm-hmm. know back in the cornfields of uh, southwest ohio and uh it's, it's been really enjoyable and uh you know my wife's got to get out and like you know she's never like handled a weapon um and uh it's the thing really i always brought a whole like, realization about... to her and just like oh like this it's fun but it's also like you know Teaches her respect. Being around weapons, unless you're around like idiots and morons, um, teaches her respect for the power of them. But you know, I'm getting. Let's off. get drunk and go shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not and say we did in a yeah. book or some shit like that. If your wife hasn't been out shooting skeet and trap with you yet, she probably would enjoy it. She yeah. very, she very much, and she's she's actually a little bit better than me. Um, what i always remembered army marksman (laughs) my early days of uh shooting skeet was that you had to be careful that uh that the birds the clay birds uh didn't end up anywhere where pigs could eat them (laughs) it was interesting that they wanted to eat them and that it was bad for them well you know pigs will eat about anything and uh Maybe you got feral enough. pig problems down in southwest Ohio? Mm, not that I know of. Um, just because are... the, there's so much agricultural land that's just like cleared. Um, okay. That there's not the mass forests for them to kind of live in. Ah. Uh, you know, like uh, down in Arkansas. Right. You know, that's, uh, that's just my guess. I, I haven't heard a lot about like Apparently, I've heard about them in like in southeastern Ohio. Okay, you know, down uh, cl- with a little more mountainous. It's probably, yeah. it's probably just a little better habitat for them. You know, this I guess is, they can. This do... is like industrial cities or industrial farming, right? You know, so there's not like not a lot of not a lot of room for them to hide. The deer have a hard enough time. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, they need they need woods or hills to be able to. Open cornfields or cities, towns, not really good spots for them. Yeah. In some places, they have open hunting any time of feral pigs because they are so destructive. Yeah, and I would like to go sometime. Maybe we go on a vacation. Uh, yeah. To hunt. And I don't want to go on one of those vacations where it's just like you sit like in a, you know, I want to actually do it like the like the uh local homeboys do it you know not what not a not a trump hating or uh not a trump hunting type 
uh, expedition. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I see these. I, I see these guys. They get out on their uh, like. I don't know, sure, some kind of like all-terrain vehicles just full of pit bulls. Right. And the pit bulls like corner the, the pigs and shit and uh, allow them to get close enough to, to shoot them. I've seen uh, videos, apparently feral pigs, you really have to build an enclosure and bait it. Yeah. And get Trap. the entire traps too. group. Yep. If you don't get the entire group, they proliferate so quickly that, you know, if you only got half of them, the population will be right back up to where it was very quickly. Yeah, they're like rats. Very much so. <laughs> they're very much like rats. rats were in the news here. Uh, the, I think it was yesterday, the uh, top 20 cities for rats. That list came out. Chicago still number one for eight years in a row. New York has moved up past L.A. from uh, they swapped spots two and three. Uh, <laughs> in Michigan, I you laugh. <laughs> Somebody's down the list. Misery and Schadenfreude is included <laughs> in my laugh. Uh, well, just getting back to the creatures, will always win, bro. Mother Nature is the ultimate arbiter. We're doing a lot of feeding uh, birds in our backyard. We had to stop because it it was attracting rats. And, oh, uh, I can see that. Yeah, anywhere there's food, like yeah. any critter is going to be like, oh, cool, there's some food right here. And I don't have to go out and like kill another critter for some food. I can just eat it here. <laughs> eat it here and then... If uh, only we were as smart as the critters. Because <laughs> we had all this food just growing everywhere and we're like... Hey, let's cut all the food down so we can. <laughs> but anyway, so we're getting close to the uh, the end here of uh, this week. Uh, didn't get to a subject, but it, you know, we can always hit, hit these things. It kind of veered off into uh, Asian martial arts and uh, <laughs> trap shooting, talking, which, I, which I love. I love it. I love it completely. Um but I want to talk about the, uh, I think it's something that's so central. So we'll, we'll put it off for next week. The Great Southern Migration. Um, well, we almost started there with I-75. Yeah, well, we'll it'll lead, it's a perfect segue uh, to the next episode of the, uh, the Great Southern Migration and its effects uh, from Detroit to Dayton, but all over America. Um it affected things like the, I mean, it spawned the Harlem Renaissance. You know, these were people all from the South. Um, it spawned uh, the funk music here in Dayton, Ohio. Um, it spawned like the, you know, mass introduction of bluegrass, mountain music um, to America. Um, in addition to a lot of other stuff. Um, and there's like a, segment in Dayton and Detroit um, it goes back to before the civil rights movement I mean it's such a complex and like rich issue um, of and you can look this up on Wikipedia urban Appalachians um, and urban Appalachian enclaves in industrial centers across America and some of them still exist we still oh, got sure. them here in uh, in Dayton for sure because I always refer to this as the urban Appalachian Babylon in the United States, because uh, because everyone whose cars 
wasn't good enough to make it to Detroit. They were coming up from Kentucky. <laughs> it came to Dayton. So, um, yeah, we'll hit that and, uh, and whatever else hits our, you know, tickles our fancy that week. Um, because I'll I look forward to it. Yeah. I, I like no planning in life unless the stuff that's like foisted upon me, you know, that I have no other choice with. I look forward to next week. This Death taxes. <laughs> hey, this was great, man. I hope you have a great week. Uh, I'm going to uh, go forth and keep on doing what I'm doing. I got to finish a music video and then tomorrow starts the work week. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a good time. Just kind of working a job that I really like. And then my off time, I'm doing, I'm getting time to do what I like to do. Um, and there's a good mix and balance of it life is good yes and uh life can be better you know never forget that folks you know as bad as shit gets you know we live in a continuum of ups and downs and energy waves and loops and maybe that will be our kind of like ultimate theme (laughs) we're always in a loop folks don't get too freaked out so in the meantime i'm gonna get out of here i hope you had a good time. I sure did. Um, I learned more about samurai swords um, <laughs> than I ever could imagine. And the time is running out here. And so we're going to get cut off any second. So goodbye, audience. This is Day Day. And Doc. Uh, yes. Y'all take care. <laughs>